Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're we're Identical identical twins. Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And we're We're identical identical twins. twins. This is episode 66 of Him Talk, Talk, Twin Talk. Talk. We were talking before we started recording about how this episode might feel a little different. It does feel different. Yeah. Well, one of the things that is different that, you know, our listeners don't know is that we changed up our plan. Yeah. This was not the hymn we were doing right. today. We have our podcast plan. I have this little document that I keep and yes. I have my whole little system. I highlight it when we've done it and you know. I mean, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Kelly, when mm-hmm. was the last time you looked at the document? <laughs> I didn't know it was a document I could look at. <laughs> Come on. It's called podcast plan. I, I, I have no idea about this document. <laughs> I'm going to pull it up right now. I can't believe you. Wait, look at how nice it looks. Well, yeah, Carrie's definitely the organizer. Look. <laughs> oh, I, I saw that. I've seen that. I've, I've seen that. So there's 64, but look at, we're totally changed. Oh, I already changed it. Oh my gosh. She is on top of things. So why? Why have we made this change? You may ask. That is a good question. Mm-hmm. Why are we changing things? Well, something major happened mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, September 8th, 2022. Queen Elizabeth died. She was the longest reigning monarch in British history. So we already had a plan for a podcast to be released on September 26th, but we changed it up. We didn't want to do the original plan, and instead we are choosing one of Queen Elizabeth's favorite hymns. No, I thought, is this going to be hard to find? Like, what hymn was important to her? What hymn was special to her? Let's dig, let's dig, let's dig. And is it really just like God Save the Queen, or is it something more than that? Well, we didn't really have to dig. Because her one of her favorite hymns is widely publicized. Yes, she has had it played at her wedding, at various funerals in England. She had it at her coronation. Yes, and it was played at her Jubilee celebration. Yeah, it's a great hymn. And we would never have picked it at this time. I mean, I don't know when we would have gotten to it. I feel like someone in England might have had to put in a request for it because I don't know when we would have done it. Right. And the thing is, is that it is not in our hymnal. No. Neither of us really know it. So we probably wouldn't have picked it. And if we did pick it, we might have picked a different tune. Definitely a different tune. So this is kind of exciting. I'm thinking that maybe some people in America will be like the way we are, feeling like it's relatively new or Mm -hmm. unknown. Mm And then maybe people around the world will love this and have a real personal connection to it. Mm -hmm. Let's tell them what it is. All right. One of Queen Elizabeth's most favorite hymns and the hymn we're going to talk about today is Praise Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven. Praise my soul, the king of heaven. I wish we had you all in front of us so we could say, okay, raise your hand if you heard this one before. Super curious. Now, I talked to someone about it last night and he immediately started singing it. He immediately started singing it with the tune from, you know, 
Queen Elizabeth's wedding. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so amazing because I don't sing it by that tune at all. Mm -hmm. We don't sing it in our Baptist church, but I'm thinking that there are churches that are more closely connected with the Church of England that have it in their hymnal and sing it more regularly than we do. So this is going to be fun because later in the episode, we are going to sing it with some different tunes. Yes, yes. Um, It'll be fun maybe if we can get some feedback about which tunes people like and prefer. Right now, today, while we're recording, we do not know the music that has been chosen for the Queen's funeral. We do know a lot of information. In fact, her plan was created in the 60s for her funeral. And I think about that. When those people created that plan for the Queen's funeral, did they ever think that they would be waiting like Like 60 60 years? years? The people who created the plan... Many of them probably aren't even, aren't even alive alive around. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's funny. And so, some of you may know this. I don't know. Is this like a, a little fun fact that the aftermath of the Queen's death was called Operation London Bridge or London Bridge is down? And so, as soon as the news was released that the Queen was dead, Operation London Bridge took went into effect. Now, I remember visiting London Bridge. Yeah. Do you remember, Karen? Yes, of course. We've been there. I lived there for a while. Yes. We went to Westminster Abbey. Yes, I mean, some of you may know from our live episode that we did that Carrie lived in England for right. one year. Right. And then when when she was there from, like, you know, September to June, mm-hmm. and when I got out of school in, like, May or June, I flew to visit her and stayed there with her for a while. Yeah. And then we traveled the mainland Europe as well. So we both have spent time there. She obviously has spent a lot more time, but I do remember London Bridge. And I remember going to Buckingham Palace like all the time. You would just walk by it. You would see the changing of the guard. You would see something else that, that, you know, they were focusing and featuring out out on the ground in front there. It was always something. And I remember walking by all Mm -hmm. the time. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so cool. That's so cool. And so I always feel like England has a special place in my heart. I'm sure you do too. And I really felt like if I could have met one of the princes or the dukes, like I could have gotten married there. Why didn't that happen? I I wanted it to so badly. Carrie was like all dressed up in her fancy dress and heels, <laughs> just walking back and forth in front of Buckingham. I, I mean, I could do it. I could be a princess. And, you know, I, I'm not one of those like diehard fans. I no. do, I'm not like following the, all of the stories of the British royalty, but I am interested in it for sure. Oh, me too. So I, we just thought that this was a really cool opportunity to talk yeah. about an awesome hymn, but and also talk about our experience in yeah. England and also talk about the queen who, you know, was was really an amazing woman. She was. This episode is just going to be full of like little interesting tidbits, mm-hmm. some fun facts, mm-hmm. some trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought that we would like pepper in, sprinkle in some Queen mm-hmm. Elizabeth quotes. Yes. I mean, everyone who is alive today has heard or seen her, right? Of course. I mean, she is someone who's been around for so long. She is known for her sense of duty and decorum. And she is head of the Church of England. So this is something that's very different from, you know, America and other countries. She's not just a queen in terms of the royal sense. She's also the head of the church. So in many instances, you know, people... You could compare her to a a bishop or even like a pope. Okay. Her formal role is defender of the faith and supreme governor of the Church of England. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
And so we have a few quotes that we're going to share with you today that she has said about Jesus or her faith or the church that I think just really paint a picture of of how real her faith really was. Yeah, good. She had a strong belief in the Lord. So Carrie, she said this on her first Christmas broadcast. Mm. It was in 1952. She has this prayer request, knowing that she will be crowned queen in just a few short months. And we're going to hear a little bit of our hymn to introduce the quote. Okay. She said, pray for me that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. And then, of course, we know that she was crowned. Her coronation was June 2nd, 1953. And this hymn was played. Praise Praise my soul, the King of heaven. So we just heard a little bit of music played. Yes. Now that was recorded by an organist from England named Richard Irwin. And we're actually going to share his music more throughout the episode. He and I exchanged some emails. Nice. Um, It was wonderful to talk to him. He loves the hymns. And he basically has this free service, this free resource online for anybody to access. And he has recorded on an organ hundreds, I don't even know how many, all of these hymns. And it's supposed to assist the local small church Mm. that can't afford or doesn't have an organist. The congregation can actually sing with his recordings. He lives on an organic farm in Wiltshire, which is in England, oh, and his wife, Nikki. All right, so how close is that to London? <laughs> well, it's about a two-hour drive. All right, where's our captain? <laughs> this is your captain speaking. Because I would love to go back to England. Yeah. I would love to be there with my family. Mm-hmm. And, and Me too. hey, Richard, when we're there, we're going to drive the two hours. <laughs> Who, who's going to drive on the other side? Who's I don't know. Do I don't want to drive. Did I- you ever do that when you lived there? Yeah, I we rented a car once and it was super hard because it was a standard. So not only did oh you have goodness. to drive on the other oh side, goodness. but the standard was on the other side. Oh my gosh, so you had to do it with your left yes. hand? Yes. Yes, it was very hard. But you did it. I did it. And you and you survived. And I lived to tell about <laughs> it. Yeah, so we'll be hearing more from Richard Irwin throughout the episode. Yes. I mean, that was just the tiniest of clips. I know. But I know. We'll, we'll hear more. more. And of course, his information will be on our in our show notes so you can definitely go to his website. And Kelly, he receives requests almost daily from people around the world oh. who are looking for a particular hymn. Oh, so, so you just like us, just like us, <laughs> <laughs> thousands of requests yeah. daily. No, 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 not no. daily. But he he does get more and more. More and more people are hearing about it, and more and more people need music. You want to keep the hymns alive, right, right? Yeah. And so, just like Richard, you all can request hymns from us. That's right. We would love to hear from you, hundreds daily. <laughs> And we will give you your hymn right here on our podcast. That's right. So we haven't even read the words of the hymn. Okay. Praise my soul, the king of heaven. Let's read the words and let's have Richard Irwin's music playing. So now we'll really hear it in full. Okay. The words are a beautiful poem by Henry Francis Light. Let's hear them. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet your tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, 
praise the everlasting King. Praise Him for His grace and favor to His people in distress. Praise Him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia, alleluia, glorious in His faithfulness. Father-like, He tends and spares us. Well, our feeble frame He knows. In His hand, He gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Alleluia, alleluia, widely yet His mercy flows. Angels, help us to adore Him. You behold Him face to face. Sun and moon bow down before Him, dwellers all in time and space. Alleluia, alleluia, praise with us the God of grace. Frail as summer's flower we flourish, blows the wind and it is gone. But while mortals rise and perish, God endures unchanging on. Praise him, praise him, praise the high eternal one. Beautiful words. You can really hear the hymnspiration from the Bible. We're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, we want to talk about these words. And it's a very interesting rhyme scheme. Mm-hmm. The rhyme scheme is actually, you know, when you talk about poetry, it could be ABA. Yeah. Or, yeah. This is ABCBDB. Oh, so he has that B line that stays consistent. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I think that, that is different. That is different, and I actually think it's hard because you have to remember, you know, two lines from before, and as you're listening to the words, I don't even think you notice that every other line rhymes. Right. I wouldn't have noticed. So, like, in verse one, you have bring, sing, and king. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that was a little interesting observation. The other thing that I hmm. noticed about this is it's trochaic meter. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Trochaic. What's that? I mean, that actually sounds like it's terrible. I know, trochaic meter. It's like, it makes me think of archaic and trouble, troubling. It's okay. not good. It's so, old and troubling. <laughs> it's not, though. It's not. It is simply that a trochaic line is pronounced dada, as in highway. The first syllable is stressed and the second syllable is unstressed. And poems with this type of rhythm are written in trochaic meter. So I was thinking our names are trochaic. Right. Kelly. Carrie. My husband. Brian. My husband. Danny. So this is what I read about trochaic meter. Trochaic lines flow easily from one to the next. Because it ends on an unstressed syllable, it doesn't have that hard stop at the end of a line that a stressed syllable creates. So it very fluidly moves on. Okay. Also, trochees, T-R-O-C-H-E-E-S. You made up that word. (laughs) It kind of introduces an unnatural sound to a poem. It is one of the lesser used meters in poetry because it is less natural sound less natural sounding than its distant cousin, the iambic meter. Oh. Yeah. So when we start talking about meter and iambic and trochaic, we can't help but think of what Shakespeare might have used. So Mm -hmm. Shakespeare was a fan of this lesser used meter called trochaic. One of his most famous lines from Macbeth is double, double, 
toil and trouble. Right. Do you hear it? Right. That's trochaic meter. I thought that was very interesting. And you know, who knows what Light was thinking when he wrote like when he wrote this? Was he thinking, I'm gonna try to use this lesser used meter? But either way, it has a very kind of singable and fluid-like quality. So maybe that's one of the reasons why it has lasted all these years. So we look at the first phrase of the song, Mm -hmm. and we can see this kind of emphasis going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Praise my soul, the king King of heaven. heaven. So then heaven, because it has that that quality of the first syllable being stressed and the second syllable not, he that's what they're saying. It's just, it just flowing to to his feet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Trochaic. And, I, you know, light was English, and I have to think that he was educated. Yeah. Oh, he in, was definitely. In literature yeah. and poetry and mm-hmm. rhyme schemes. Mm-hmm. So he, he knew what he was talking about. All right. Well, let's hear about this guy. Okay. Henry Francis Light was born on June 1st, 1793 in Ednam, United Kingdom. He's actually way up in Scotland. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's way up in Scotland. We read that his father abandoned the family. He had a mother and a, and a brother, and uh, it was a kind of a rough life, but he said his mother did her best, and she actually had tremendous faith, and it was because of her that he grew in the faith. He experienced some tragedy. His mom and his brother died. He's literally left alone. Um, He's super smart and talented. The local schoolmaster recognized that, and they actually paid and then raised even additional funds to get him to go to school. And he went to a boarding school in Ireland. He went to Trinity College. Quite the success story of someone who really was growing up with nothing. I mean, he was an orphan. He was an orphan. So he entered the Episcopal Church in 1814, Mm -hmm. so he became a clergyman, and one of his first things he had to do as a young clergyman was go to this gentleman in a neighboring parish and counsel him, because that member of the clergy, he, was dying. And we read that Light did not feel close to God, did not feel like he could even do this and counsel this person. He said that his heart was not right with God. And so now he's sitting with this dying man. And over this period of time together, they talked and they prayed, they supported each other. And the dying man really was the one who counseled light. And the man died in peace and light lived to serve the Lord with his whole heart. His life would never be the same again from that encounter. All right. I think it's time for another quote by the Queen. Oh, yes. Let's hear our Richard Irwin music. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this is a quote from Queen Elizabeth in 2012. Okay. And again, it was in her Christmas address to the nation. She said, This is the time of year when we remember that God sent his only son to serve, not to be served. He restored love and service to the center of our lives in the person of Jesus Christ. So this was a woman who understood service. Right. And it sounds like Light did too. Yes, he totally did. So he ended up living for a time in this area on the coast of England called Brixham, Devon. And he actually owned this home called the Berry Head House. But while he was there, he would teach in the local church. It said that he had more than 700 kids in his Sunday school. He was stood at six foot two tall, and he was literally the Pied Piper to the local school children. <laughs> they would all gather for his 
Sunday school. And this huge church ended up having like a staff of 80. I mean, this was a huge church that he was able to work in. Mm -hmm. Now, while he was living there, he really had a life of privilege and wealth. And you wouldn't expect a clergyman to have that. I mean, at one point, he had a staff of 11 at his house. Wow. So he was tutoring some of the wealthy people who lived in the area, their children. I mean, one of his children went on to be Lord Salisbury, and he became prime minister three times during the Victorian era. Wow, we need to get into that business of tutoring (laughs) wealthy children. So this is what he said. He supplemented his income by educating the wayward sons of nobility. Yeah, and that's how he was able to live this life Mm. and travel so many places. I mean, he was horseback riding in France. I mean, he traveled all over the place. Wow. And really, he was trying to get rest and respite because he had these asthma attacks. Not really entirely sure what was happening with him, but he was definitely unhealthy, struggling to breathe. He went to the French Riviera, the English Riviera. He tried to get to, to better air. Um, And one of those trips when he was in France, um, he was in Nice and he actually developed influenza and dysentery and he died in France in 1847. He was buried there. They have a memorial for him there. They also have another memorial for him near his home in Scotland, Mm -hmm. um, his childhood home. Yeah, he was 54. Wow. Yeah. So the home that he had, and it's in the English Riviera that I made, made mention before, it's called the Berry Head House. Mm-hmm. And there's a little story behind it that oh. the king gave it to him. The king of England? Yes. <laughs> so King William IV was supposedly so impressed with Henry Francis Light because he had planned some big event for this royal visit that Mm -hmm. was happening in the Mm -hmm. area, and the king was so impressed with the work that he did, he gave him a house. (laughs) I mean, don't we we joke about that? Like, have the house, have the house. He gave him this house. Now, what they ended up learning was the house was built on the grounds of a former military hospital. And at one point, while... Reverend Light was there. They had gardeners, and they were digging in the lawn, and they ended up digging up human remains. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Is that creepy? And Henry Francis, being a man of the cloth, he instructed his gardeners to inter the remains, and he arranged for a small memorial with the inscription, To the Unknown Dead. And they really don't know where they came from. A little bit of mystery there, but they do think it's somehow associated with the hospital, but why would they be burying people in the yard? Yeah, I don't know. But the cool thing is that we can go to this house. So Barry Head House has stayed in the family. He passed it on to his daughter. It stayed in the family until 1949, and it was sold and made into a hotel. Nice. So where's our captain? This is your captain. We could totally go to this hotel. We could stay. The rooms, the grounds, everything looks beautiful. I mean, if you're thinking of his house on the coast of England, we're going to show a picture. Right. It's a mansion. It's a mansion. So right now it's an elegant four-star hotel. Wow. It's a short walk from the picturesque fishing village of Brixham. Mm-hmm. And they have a wide range of facilities. You can have your weddings there, conferences, wow. private fun- functions. And I did look, and they do have a Christmas package. So we could go at Christmas time. <laughs> okay. There's food, there's music, there's events. Um, and... They all will gather on Christmas Day at 3 o'clock in the main area to watch the Queen's broadcast. So I've, I'm on the website. 
and they have to update it. They do. They said the Her Majesty's Christmas broadcast. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to hear another quote from one of her Christmas broadcasts? Yes, let's do it. Here's Richard Irwin's music. This is from her Christmas broadcast in 1976. The gift I would most value next year is that reconciliation should be found wherever it is needed. Mm. A reconciliation which would bring peace and security to families and neighbors at present suffering and torn apart. Remember that good spreads outwards and every little does help. Mighty things from small beginnings grow as indeed they grew from the small child of Bethlehem. Oh, nice. Yes. I got a little bit of goosebumps. I know I did too. Mm -hmm. It makes me sad to think that we won't hear. I mean, who knew that, you know, her last broadcast would have been in 2021. And, and who knows if King Charles. Right. Well, wow. King Charles. King Charles will continue that. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So I went to their website yeah. and, you know, you can see here, Cal, look, you know, there's a breakfast, there's afternoon tea, there's a candlelit three-course meal, but look at lots of fun with our pianist in the light bar. Light, L-Y-T. L-Y-T, they named it they after him. It light bar. Light bar. And the, the pianist, I mean, we uh, could. Do they need do a they, pianist? We I could mean. just offer. <laughs> and then they have some a festive lunch. And then, I have no idea what this means, but they play a game of carpet bowls. What's that? <laughs> carpet bowls. So is it B-O-W-L-S? Yes, it's bowls. bowl. Bowl. Like, so a bowl of, like, cereal on the carpet. No, no. It's like bowling on a carpet. Wouldn't they call it carpet bowling? Mm -hmm. it, the whole thing sounds so great. I'm so happy to see that this Berryhead house has been turned into something really spectacular. They just got free advertising on him talking. How many people want to go to the Berryhead <laughs> Hotel now? Let's do it. I mean, I could email them. It's stay at berryheadhotel.com. Mm -hmm. I'll email them. Mm -hmm. Let them know we're free to play the piano on Christmas. <laughs> Carrie did a lot of research on light. Obviously. Now, I wonder if our listeners have been listening to us talk about light and didn't even realize that it was L-Y-T. Oh, that's right. Light. I put his name on the, I'll put his name okay, on the yeah, thing. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it. Now, he was a hymn writer. So I started researching mm. about his process of writing. And in the mid-19th century, there was a lot of pressure on hymn writers right. to keep their words as close to the scriptural text as possible, which I think is really interesting. I think in all of our research, we never really talked about that. Right. But at some point, they were saying, stick to the words of the scripture, stick to the words of the psalm. But Light really wanted to use his own words, and he wanted to keep the vibe or keep the spirit of the psalm alive without using the exact set of words, which I think is interesting. The term king of heaven is nowhere really found in the psalm, mm. but we find that it was maybe inspired from Psalm 103, verse 11. What does the Bible say? <laughs> so that just says the King James Version, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. That was it. He is in heaven. So he took that and said, oh, he's the king of heaven. Right. So Henry F. Light did not want to follow what all the other hymn writers were doing. I love it. And he boldly published a book of psalm paraphrases entitled Spirit of the Psalms. 
That makes perfect sense. He said that he could maintain the spirit of the t- beautiful text while still using his own words. And he and it says that he probably wanted to have the reader see the Psalms in a new light. Mm-hmm. And one of these paraphrases is, praise my soul, the king of heaven. This The text, when you listen to all the words, it speaks to the love of God, our dependence on him, and how God is completely unchanging. Mm. The first verse has these words and i think it so clearly tells the salvation story ransomed healed restored forgiven evermore his praises sing and so like psalm 103 his poem gives us words to praise our god Mm -hmm. with heart mind and soul he was very smart He's very learned mm-hmm. and he's creative. He mm-hmm. wants to rethink yes. how to communicate what's in the what's in the Psalms, and he doesn't want to do what everyone else. is I doing. I love that. Yeah. Now, now he. Wow. wow. Oh, we're twins. <laughs> now can I go? Yeah, can I go? Well, he's. I want to tell you that he spoke English, Latin, Greek, and French. Wow. Yeah. So we're talking about a very learned individual. Right. This is the orphan from Scotland. I mean, yeah. it's guy. It's amazing. And his poetry earned several honors. Right. His collections include Tales on the Lord's Prayer in Verse from 1826, mm-hmm. Poems, Chiefly Religious, two volumes, 1833 and 1845, mm-hmm. and then the one that I just mentioned, The Spirit of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular hymn originally had five stanzas, and we spoke all five yeah, earlier. Yeah, we did. But that fifth one has been deleted. It was published as one of 284. Free psalm paraphrases. This was a free resource that, again, I think he was just giving out so that people could like hear the psalms in a new way. Well, he just knew he could give it away and not make any money. He would just have to tutor one extra kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a fun fact. He did not use the authorized King James Version oh. for his paraphrases. He actually used... Miles Coverdale's translations that are found in the Book of Common Prayer. So we all know the Book of Common Prayer. It is a resource that spans centuries, and it spans many churches and denominations. In the Baptist Church, I've used the Book of Common Prayer. But of course, I think it is mostly connected Mm. with the Church of England. And he used that to paraphrase the psalm for his hymn. I think we all know Psalm 103. It's a, it's a very common psalm, and it's been used in songs and hymns a lot. I feel like that's the 10,000 reasons we sing that at our church. Yeah. We haven't sung it in a while. I know. I was thinking that this week. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Yeah, it's a great one. It's a great one, and it, of course, is right from Psalm 103. And so many years prior, Henry F. Light was doing the same thing. Instead of saying, bless the Lord, he said, praise Praise my my soul. soul. Now, we're going to look at verse 1. And I think it's important to note that Light's original words used praise him, praise him. And editors for hymnals eventually changed praise him, praise him to alleluia, alleluia. Oh, okay. They, I think they really wanted to elevate that moment. It's, it's more mm. than praise. It's alleluia, alleluia. And I think having that alleluia repeated for each verse is just so full of joy. It's right. joyful and triumphant. 
So if we're going to go through the words, let's show some different tunes. Okay. So this is actually the tune that's in our hymnal. Mm -hmm. And we've sung it a few times at our church. Yeah. It's definitely not like one of the regulars. No. But it's a good one. It's a good one. So let's try verse one. And this is the Andrews tune. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise thee, everlasting King. I can totally remember hearing that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our church, singing it. It needs to be on the pipe organ. Yes. A hundred percent. It's a great tune. And the words are exactly the same, but that is not the version that the, was the Queen's favorite. No. It just wasn't. No. So let's look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? So it says that this comes directly from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 6. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness, and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. So you have to decide for yourself, did light do a good job (laughs) of paraphrasing Psalm 103 Mm -hmm. into this hymn, Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven? All right, let's look at verse 2. So this is actually a really common tune, Kelly. This Mm -hmm. is written by a man named Smart. And we know this tune to be the Christmas song, Angels Angels from from the the Realms of Glory. Glory. And you can hear Angels from the Realms of Glory also has that trochaic meter. Do you hear it? Angels from the Realms of Glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So it works. All right, you ready to try this? This is verse two. Okay. Praise him for his grace and favor to our fathers in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia, alleluia, glorious in his faithfulness. I actually really like that tune. Me too. And it works really well. It works really well. It has a great build to it. The harmonies are really interesting. I did sing um, I did sing unison for most of it, right. but the harmonies are really great. Mm-hmm. And the man's name that wrote that is named Henry Smart. So don't you think it was smart, Harry? I think it was great. And it was like the Henry collaboration yes. because Henry Light and Henry Smart worked mm-hmm. on it. And the name of this tune is Regent Square. And I hope it was familiar to you because you know it from the Christmas tune. Right. All right. So what verses in Psalm 103 do we have, you know, for this to remind us of? What does the Bible say? 
This verse is meant to paraphrase Psalm 103, 7 through 12. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, mm-hmm. and plenteous in mercy. Mm-hmm. He will not always chide, mm-hmm. neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I mean, a couple of phrases like really oh, stick out. Yeah, that was definitely a little bit more. I love that the that the scripture talks about Moses and in the verse he says, our fathers in distress. Like he, those he was, are it, right. He was able to talk about Moses and the fathers of our faith without actually saying the word Moses. It works, right? But if you don't know that it's Psalm one hundred three and you don't know that it's Moses, mm-hmm. I think singing about your fathers is a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about the founders of the church and mm-hmm. the New Testament? Right, yeah. Are we talking about the Old Testament? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about our own heritage, our own family? And honestly, that's why something like Him Talk, Twin Talk is so important <laughs> because it's kind of, it's it's shining light on maybe something that would have been confusing. Right, uncertain. You'd it is from Psalm 103. He is talking about Moses. Perfect. All right, so we want to do verse three and this time it's going to be a tune that maybe people don't know. Right. So this is written by Joseph Michael Haydn, great tune, and we're going to do Lights, verse 3. Yes. Okay. Father, like he tends and spares us, well our feeble frame he knows. In his hands he gently bears us, alleluia, alleluia. Widely as his mercy flows. So that is by the classical composer Haydn. Interesting. I think it has a classical feel to it. It does. I would want to hear, you know, the SATB full choir. Yeah, it was really kind of cool. But honestly, hearing it in that tune, I lost a little bit of that trochaic meter. I think so too. Because everything is a quarter note. It doesn't have a flow to it no, at all. No. And I actually think the beginning saying the word father-like, mm. it is, I feel like starting with that word yeah. is tricky. It's, are we talking to him? Father, right. comma. But it's father-like. Mm-hmm. It's one word. Now this comes from Psalm 103, 13 to 14. So let's hear what the Bible says. Okay here and what may be inspired light. What does the Bible say? Like as a father, father-like, pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. I mean, that's almost a perfect paraphrase. Look I at know, it really is. Father-like, he tends and spares us well our feeble frame he knows. Right. Yeah. But the wording is a little awkward. Yes. I mean, you know, of course, I think the psalm is written better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now this is verse four. Okay. And it is the verse that no longer sort of appears in any of the hymnals. It was taken out. And so now we only sing fourth verses, but instead of this one as the final one, it's actually Light's fifth verse. Okay. So we found one version of the hymn. The tune isn't really 
commonly used, but it's in 6-8. Oh, so this is a little musical nerd moment. M&M's, always fun. All right, so let's sing it. This is verse four. Frail as summer's flower, we flourish. Blows the wind and it is gone. But while mortals rise and perish, God endures unchanging on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the high eternal one. So that is the verse that was omitted over time. It says that this is a paraphrase of Psalm 103, 15 to 17. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. Yeah. That's a beautiful paraphrase as well. I know. I'm not exactly sure why the verse was omitted. It could just very well be that they only wanted him to have four verses. As a poem, poem, it had five, but not as a hymn. All right, I'm so excited about the fifth verse, Carrie. Okay, because finally. We are here at the fifth verse. We're going to use the tune that you you heard a little bit earlier um, by Richard Irwin playing it on the organ. Mm -hmm. And this is the tune that Queen Elizabeth knew, sang, and loved. Right. (laughs) All right. And it's a composer from England named John Goss. We're going to learn about him. And this is the fifth verse that Henry Light wrote. Angels help us to adore him. You behold him face to face. Sun and moon bow down before him. All who dwell in time and space. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise with us the God of grace. All right, that is it. That's the queen's okay, favorite. So we just had you listen to all these different ones, but that is the one. That's the one the queen loved. And, and we, we love, love it, it too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's written by an English composer named John Goss. Are you ready to hear about Let's him, Cal? hear about John Goss. G-O-S-S. John Goss was born on December 27, 1800 in wow. Hampshire, United Kingdom. So he was this composer, but Mm. he had a tradition that he was kind of famous for. He never started a composition without asking for God's blessing on his work first. And we have studied so many Christian Mm -hmm. hymn writers and Christian songwriters. Have you ever heard of someone like really building that in to their daily work? Mm -hmm. I loved that. Now, his father was an organist, Joseph Goss. His uncle, John Jeremiah Goss, was an alto singer of distinction. Wow. Yeah, he's pretty famous, and he became the Vicar Choral at St. Paul's. Wow. So the Vicar Choral is kind of a lay person in the right. church, but who has a position of you know authority, and you work for the church. The Vicar Choral. But it's all music, because it's yep. choral. It's the choral guy, right. right. So John Goss ended up living with his uncle and being a chorister at St. Paul's. Wow. I mean, isn't that amazing? Wow. Now, 
as as a chorister, he would go to school there, mm-hmm. he would study the music there, and he would sing at all of their services. Now, on one occasion, he was going to his class, going to his chorus rehearsal, whatever, and he had a book with him. And the music teacher said, "Hey, hey, you know what book do you have? What are you holding there?" And he and he and he held it up, and he said, "Oh, it's only a book of organ concertos by <laughs> by Handel." And the guy said. Well, are you here to play or are you here to sing? And he said, I'm here to sing. And the teacher took the book, whacked him on the head with it, and took it away. Wow. No organ music allowed. He's a singer. <laughs> maybe he thought that he would like end up being like his father and being an organist, and he really wanted really, him to sing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I hit my students with their books all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have a story of when I tried to give my son piano lessons. Mm-hmm. And when I picked up the piano book and threw it across the room, I knew I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't do this. Yep, I threw the book across the room. So he broke you as a piano teacher. He is totally what you're broke me. <laughs> I mean, he was four at the time or yeah, whatever. Right, right, yeah. Right. Um, so John Goss ended up working for the Royal Academy of Music. He mm-hmm. taught harmony. That is not surprising to yeah. me at all. His harmonic structure in this hymn is really interesting. And you know what's interesting is his original harmonic realization of the hymn is different for every verse. Oh, wow. When you really listen to Richard Irwin play, he has different playing for every hymn, every verse. Interesting. The composers really didn't do that. Right. Now he's working as in the Chapel Royale. Mm-hmm. Now the Chapel Royale is an establishment in the royal household and basically it serves all the spiritual needs of the sovereign and the British royal family. Wow. So any time there was a service, a celebration, anything happening in the church, he would be in charge of the music. So we know that Queen Victoria was the queen at the time, so he was working with her for wow. her. Wow. And he was knighted by her in 1872. Okay. Okay, I think that's kind of a fun fact. I mean, how many hymn writers have become knighted? Well, I actually think that we should call this a hymn talk, twin talk first then, because that sound is way more regal. <laughs> there we go. But I do think we have had a hymn writer who was knighted. Does that sound at all familiar to you, I Kelly? Mean, Sir John Goss. Sir John Goss. Sir John Goss. Yep. He joins the famous sirs like Sir Elton John. <laughs> and Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> These are the sirs we're interested in. I don't know anything. Can you say that? Well, Sean Sir, Connery? No. Sir Lancelot. Sir, is Sean Connery Webber? I don't know. Here is a super fun fact. Okay. Speaking of fun facts, while he was teaching at the Royal Academy of Music, Sir Arthur Sullivan was his student. Oh my gosh, that is so funny because singing this song reminded me of Gilbert and Sullivan. (laughs) It reminded me of Gilbert and Sullivan. So he had some influence over Arthur Sullivan. So we are huge Gilbert and Sullivan fans. Not sure if everybody knows this, but But, we grew up doing Gilbert and Sullivan operettas. mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you saw our stories, you know, in about September. Recently, yeah, yeah. We uh, we had all sorts of stories about my daughter who was in a GNS show. Yeah, she played Josephine in HMS the HMS Pinafore. Pinafore, and she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's John Goss. I do have a little quote. Oh. <coughs> Attention, So please. when he died about three weeks after his death, an article was written about him in a journal called The Musical Times. This was June 1st in 1880. And the author talked about him and had this to say. Goss was a man of refined thought, 
religious in life, possessing a keen appreciation of the resources of his art, tempered by a firm resolution to use them only in a legitimate manner. There is that gentleness and repose about them which eminently characterized the man himself. His disposition was tender and sweet. An unkindness or rough word did not rouse. It wounded him. He treated all others with consideration and goodness and seemed hurt when he had soon to realize the fact that others did not treat him in the same way. He loved quiet and valued the affection of others. He sounds like a a man who was really talented, but also really loved the Lord. And so we will be united with him someday. And we could talk to him. Absolutely. We can ask them, ask him how hurt he got when people said unkind things. He was like wounded. Wounded him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are pretty much done. We have gone through um, the music, the words. Do we have another quote by Queen Elizabeth? All right. So this is a quote from 2002. I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try to do what is right, to take the long view, to give of my best in all that the day brings, and to put my trust in God. No matter what, you put your trust in God. She sounds just amazing. All right, so Kelly, we have pretty much wrapped up, but I have one little quiz for you. Okay. So you know how we love our game shows. (laughs) So how much do you know about the royal family's weddings? Not a lot. (laughs) All right, this is all about the royal family's weddings. So you basically have to name the couple or name the bride. And we're not doing like extended royal family. We'll just do Queen Elizabeth and then King Charles. King Charles's wedding to Diana, and then we'll do Harry and William. Okay. Okay. Which bride said the wrong name during her vows? Elizabeth. It was actually Princess Diana. That was my second guess. How did you guess that? I don't know. I just thought Elizabeth was young. Yeah, true. And I feel like if Diana did that... I mean, I would have heard about it. I feel like that would have been something that the press really picked up on, but I never heard that. So it's not like she got it wrong, Kelly. Okay. She just mixed, mixed up the name. So instead of calling him Charles Philip Arthur George, she called him Philip Charles Arthur George. Oh, so it's not, it's not that big of a it's deal. Not that, it's not the wrong name, but it technically is. <laughs> it's not like she said, I take you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a big deal. Do you think anybody gets that joke? I don't know. Do we have any friends? Yeah. Okay. All right. Which bride was the oldest on her wedding day? Megan. Yep. She was 36. That was a guess. That was a guess. It was a guess. Really? Yes. You sounded so confident. All right. Which bride wanted to purchase a more expensive wedding gown than the allotted budget, so she used clothing ration coupons to get it? Which I didn't even know this was a thing. I know. I'm going to say Kate. Um, no, it was actually was it Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Uh, yes. I know. After I thought about yeah. it, I feel like that's something kind of old-fashioned. Right. Fashion coupons. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, she had a very expensive wedding, wedding dress. At the time with, that she was married, it was worth 30,000 pounds. Wow. And that time today would be over 1 million pounds. Wow. That was her dress. Wow. 
Okay. Wow. All right, a couple more, Cal. Okay. Which bride had the longest train in royal history? It was a 25-foot-long train. Princess Diana. <laughs> My sister, you're doing so well now. Okay, next one. Which bride had her tiara snap in half before the wedding, and the court jeweler had to be rushed by police escort to repair it before the bride left for the church? Princess Kate. Oh, it was actually Queen Elizabeth. Oh my gosh, Queen Elizabeth. Can you imagine the stress? No. All right, one more. Okay. This is a great one. Okay. I would love this. Which couple received a cocker spaniel named Lupo as a wedding present? Ooh, I'm going to say Kate and William. Yep. That was just a guess. So Kate's brother James gave them a dog as a wedding present. I would love a dog as a wedding present. I would totally take a Cocker Spaniel. I'm not sure I would name him Lupo. 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 It must mean something. It must mean something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that you did good, Cal. Thank you. All right. I tried. So we are wrapping up. We do have one performance to share with you. Mm -hmm. So this is a musician from Los Angeles. She's actually originally from Canada. And... Her name is Kay, and her group is called Kasha and Myrrh, and they do such a wonderful job of preserving this Catholic liturgy, this Catholic music. They have an album of Gregorian chants, and then they have other original songs. Um, it's really, really pretty. And again, being a cappella, you can really just focus on the words. So here it is. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven. To his feet your tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Evermore his praises sing. Hold him. 
Sun and moon bow down before him, join the praises of a Carrie, how about instead of a hymn take, we do one more quote? Yep. Let's hear our Richard Irwin music. Now, this is Queen Elizabeth's quote from 2011. By this quote, you can see that she understood her own sinfulness and her own need for a savior. So listen to this. Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness, or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. All right. Thank you for listening, listening, everybody. We'll be back in two weeks Mm -hmm. with our regularly scheduled hymn. Yes, we'll go back to what we were (laughs) planning to do before. Thank you for listening, everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. We'll see you next time.